It's dangerous to bank all of your happiness on romantic love. There has to be a balance of other things that fulfill you and keep you going. Welcome to Love of My Life podcast, where we explore discovering love in unconventional and unexpected places. From fashion to music to career to platonic love, we explore the kinds of love we perhaps weren't taught to search for as 90s babies. And how those loves have shaped us and fulfilled us in adult life. Madeline Murdoch, how are you, gorgeous? I'm great, thanks Vic. How are you today? I am marvellous. Um, I get to sit across from you and you look absolutely banging today. You've got your little <laughs> space bumps in. <laughs> Stop it. You're making me blush. Um, you look flawless today. I've said it all morning and I feel seriously inadequate standing next to you. <laughs> Stop it. This is always us. We're always obsessed with the other person. Yeah. That's true love, isn't it? It really is. <laughs> so Maddie, what are we talking about today? We're talking about Romantic love. Oh, I feel like this is the episode people probably weren't expecting on this podcast. Yeah, you're so right because this is a podcast about exploring love in areas that we weren't taught to search for. However, romantic love, I think it's safe to say, is a type of love we were definitely taught to search for. So this episode is going to be about how we are redefining romantic love and how we have healthy romantic relationships as women who grew up in a society that conditioned us to revolve our life around finding Prince Charming. Mm. I usually ask, why is blank the love of your life? But we're going to reframe it because romantic love is such a huge part of our lives by default. Mm. So tell me, Vic, how does romantic love fulfill you in adult life? Yeah, well, quite honestly, at the moment, it doesn't fulfill me. Boys definitely break your heart. <laughs> but it is something I'm still figuring out because I'm not at that stage yet. And I think it's fair to say that you're also not at that stage in life where mm. it does fulfill me. It definitely doesn't consume me at the moment. But I think the way that it does fulfil me is the excitement of it and the possibilities of the unknown and dating and putting yourself out there. Yeah, dating is so fun. Oh, so fun. And don't you just like feel like every day you just grow from? Yeah, because you learn so much about yourself. Yeah, and about what you want from other people, what you want to need from other people. Yeah, in a partner as well. Yeah. I think you're so onto something there. It's so much fun. We also have tons of fun with each other when we go on <laughs> dates because we make up nicknames to identify all the different oh, suitors. In always, our life. always. Oh, what's your favorite? Who's your favorite? I think I know. You ready? We'll say it on the count of three. One. Three, two, one. Barbecue, Barbecue Dan. <laughs> I think we have to give some context. Yeah, of course. Uh, Barbecue Dan was a man that I went on a date with. And <laughs> when I asked him what his hobbies were, he replied with barbecuing. Mm, which Riveting stuff. It really just didn't resonate with me. So we did not go on a second date. Shout out to you, Barbecue Dan. Hope all is well in the barbecuing world. <laughs> Mads, you know very well that I am the most hopeless romantic there is. Yeah. And it has been a huge double-edged sword for me. I think the relationship that I have always looked up to and aspired to is that of my parents. Aww. They just had the most magical love story. And the way they've always spoken about it has just made me 
fantasize that for myself. Yeah. And I've just always felt this need to have exactly that. And if I don't have exactly that, do I have a love worthwhile yeah that is worthy those are big shoes to fill too hey because your parents have such a dream story of Mm. like love at first sight absolutely which we all know does not happen often in life so definitely big shoes to fill and such high expectations you hold for yourself when it comes to love absolutely I always remember my mum saying to me the first time she saw my dad she turned to her best friend and she said I'm gonna marry that man And a month later, my dad proposed to her. A month later? A month later. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Where do you find a man like that? Those two. How long have they been married now? 34 years. Wow. Yeah. I just want to high-five your mum and dad right now. Good on them. Legends. Anyway. though, because constantly romanticising and having that fairy tale narrative constantly shoved down our throats as well puts us in such a harmful position when we finally do get in a relationship. Mm. Because... We consequently have these unrealistically high expectations of our partner and of the relationship and of ourselves and the connection in general. Mm. And as a result, sometimes we grip to these relationships, even though they're hurting us, in this desperate attempt to make it work and get out happily ever after. Yeah, absolutely. I know I did that growing up. I'm very guilty of that. Mm. Very guilty of that. I've stayed in relationships in the past knowing full well they weren't good for me Mm. or not that they were bad for me just knowing full well that we weren't a great match and just trying to make something work that was never going to work and it's just wanting something so badly that you can't let go and you can't be like okay no this isn't right for me and I think as well when we're younger a big thing that plays into that is self-esteem isn't it Mm. yeah because we accept the love that we think we deserve Mm. So Mads, how does romantic love fulfil you at this stage in life? I think it's only in the last couple years that I have discovered that romantic love can fulfil me in a healthy way. I think something that I've discovered is that what romantic love is all about is sharing your life with somebody side Mm. by side rather than morphing into a single life form. Oh my God, yes. Yeah, and romantic love doesn't have to be the highest priority And that's not to say romantic love doesn't have to be something we reject altogether because what a bloody miserable existence that would be. Oh, terrible. Not worth living. Awful. (laughs) But we also can't wholly depend on it to give our lives meaning because it's dangerous to bank all of your happiness on romantic love. There has to be a balance of other things that fulfil you and keep you going. And romantic love is just the cherry on top. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, what you've just said there is the whole point of this podcast. It Mm. is the whole driving force behind our friendship. Yeah, absolutely. Tell me, Vic, what kind of evolution has there been with how you valued and saw romantic love when you were younger to how you value and see it now? Yeah, I guess that's quite a hard question for me to answer, Maddie, because I don't know if I'm at a healthy point yet in romantic relationships. I definitely like to think that it is better than how it has been. I think the most important values to me at the moment is openness, transparency and clear communication. And that probably hasn't been <laughs> so important in the past. Unfortunately, there were probably a lot of games being played hmm. in my past relationships, which I absolutely hate, but 
that is how we are taught that you get the guy, you yeah, play games. Absolutely. We're constantly fed that narrative. Mm. I think you are so hard on yourself though and do not give yourself anywhere near as much credit because the fact that you can sit back and recognise that there weren't the healthiest of values at play in your previous relationships means that you are quite self-aware. Mm. It means that you are course correcting and you know what you want as opposed to you know what you had. And so you're learning and that's okay. Yeah. You're evolving. You yeah, have higher so standards right. now. You know what you will not tolerate mm. and that's amazing. And I, you need to give yourself credit for that. I think the hardest part of the journey, to be honest, and I'm sure you can relate, when you get to the stage where you're like, okay, these values are super important to me. This is how I'm going to portray myself. I'm going to be super honest. I'm going to say things how they are. I'm not going to play games. When most of the people you date, you feel like are still playing games, yeah. even though you're not. There's so many people out there that are still on that wavelength. It is hard to find a partner that holds the same values that mm. you do. But yeah. the, that's the thing. We're after a partner, not a playmate. <laughs> So, yes. <laughs> what about you, Mads? What are your values like now? And tell me a little bit about your romantic journey. I think the things that I really value in a relationship now are transparency, honesty, clear communication. And those are things that I did not uphold when I was younger. I was definitely a game player. I personally despise the notion of two becomes one and finding your other half Yeah, because you should be whole on your own. Absolutely. Those notions did not set a good example for me growing up and as a young teenager going into my first relationship because what it taught me was to revolve my entire life around that person. And so I didn't have boundaries. I compromised on my values and I became a we mm. and I lost myself and I was only a fraction of the whole being that I am. You yeah. know, I wasn't the only one that suffered. You know, my friends suffered because I neglected them. Nothing good, nothing good comes of two becoming one. Like remain a whole figure all on your own. No, you're so right. And I mean, relationships are all about compromise, aren't they? Mm. But there is a point where are you compromising or are you sacrificing your whole being and your whole personality traits to fit in with this person? Yes. I remember being in a relationship where I thought it was compromise, but at the end of the day, we never really did anything that interested me or fulfilled me. It was yeah. all about him and what he wanted to do and his hobbies and his friends. And, and there has to be a healthy balance of 50-50. Yes, you are so right. I think when you're at a point in your life too where you aren't fully secure in who you are, it is very easy to kind of allow your values to fluctuate slightly if that's what your partner wants because you do still have your rose-coloured glasses on. Yeah, absolutely. Your little love goggles. Absolutely. Those pesky love goggles. I hate them. <laughs> <laughs> Do you believe in love languages, Vic? Like what is yes. your love language? Yes. Everyone has love language. I think I have two. So definitely words of affirmation and also acts of service. I am definitely one for a grand romantic gesture. <laughs> I think it has taken me a long time in life to realise, okay, everyone does have a different love language because I have had such high expectations for people knowing exactly what I want 
when really they don't because of course their love languages are different to mine. I remember a few months ago I had been seeing this guy and I one day out of the blue get this photo of some flowers from him. And a little bit of context guys, I have always wanted to be given a beautiful bunch of florist bought flowers. A man has never done this for me. I also used to be a florist so I feel like they were like I can't get a florist flowers, she'll be so judgmental. Flash forward to a few months ago, I'm seeing this guy and he sends me this photo, no message attached with it, just the photo of flowers. And I reply and I'm like, oh my God, are you buying me flowers? And he goes, oh, they just reminded me of you, but what are your favourites? So I send through like top three or five favourites and that was the end of the conversation. No reply, (laughs) nothing. So immediately your brain goes to oh, he's going to buy me flowers. He's left me. He's left me on this edge. Absolutely. And like, for one, why send the photo? And then why ask what my favourites are, unless that's what you were going to do? Yeah. Like, of course, where else would my mind go? Anyway, the next day at work, I'm sitting there and we've got these two huge windows um, in the little shop that I work in. So you can always see who's walking past. This florist walks past and he is holding this great, big, like huge bunch of flowers and he rings our doorbell and I get up and I open the door and I must have the biggest, (laughs) most crazy grin on my face and it is the most beautiful bunch of flowers, roses, peonies, like pinks and reds, all the stuff that I love and the florist goes, I've got a delivery for such and such. (laughs) My heart just absolutely crashed down to the pits of my stomach and the look on my face must have just been like sheer disappointment and I had to be like oh that's our neighbour he got the wrong address he got the wrong address so I turn around shut the door and try not to bawl my eyes out (laughs) in a pool of your tears yeah oh Um, that's heartbreaking oh so heartbreaking but also such a huge reminder that just because that's what I expected that obviously was not his love language yeah Buy yourself the damn flowers. Buy yourself the damn flowers. So this is why I buy myself flowers every Saturday morning. Because I'm not waiting for a man to buy me flowers. It will never happen. Ladies, get yourself the damn flowers. Yeah, you got to treat yourself with that compassion and love that you're searching for (laughs) in others. So Maddie, we have a very interesting trip down memory lane this week. Strap in, folks. Let's go on the journey. Allow me to set the scene. It is December of 2021. That's right, folks. We are rewinding to a mere week ago from when this episode (laughs) is being recorded. We're talking about a romantic love scandal that involved both you and I, Vic. Oh, my God. Let me tell you all what you need to know. So when I first arrived in Perth, I got maybe just a little overexcited and jumped onto the old Bumble straight away. Oh, don't we all? Yeah. No blame there. (laughs) (laughs) No mucking around. I matched with a guy who is the antagonist of our story and we booked in a date. Maz, just quickly, I think he needs a nickname. What are we going to call him? Oh, nickname. (laughs) Should we call him? Queenie. Or Queenie. (laughs) Yeah, we're going to call him Queenie. So I matched with Queenie. We booked in a date. Now, prior to this date, I realised I was actually super overwhelmed because what I really needed was just to focus on myself and actually just allow myself to get settled in Mm, Perth. Absolutely. Before I started dating. So I communicated this to him and we all moved on with our lives. He was really good about it. No worries. 
About a week or so later, he messages me asking if I'd be comfortable with him pursuing you, Vic, because he's seen you on my stories. And I, knowing full well that you were not interested, Mm. tell him, awfully bold of you, but sure, shoot your shot. Good luck. (laughs) Now that in and of itself, the audacity. Makes me so angry, so uncomfortable. So rude. No, no person with half a brain would do that. Mm -hmm. Come on. Overstepping. Boundaries. Anyway, from here, I receive a message from Queenie in the DMs, you know, sliding in, to which he pretty much says, it was quite a lengthy message, where he just says, I think your aesthetic is really cool. I'd be really interested to pursue something. I don't reply for quite a long time. And then I decide I'm going to send a quick message back. To which I replied something along the lines of, I'm very flattered, however, I think we'd be better suited as friends. Yeah, and, and it was so well written. Yeah. You did such a good job. Yeah, absolutely. Super respectful, but very clear boundaries. Yeah, absolutely. Because the thing is, he's such a cool, nice guy, isn't he? Like, yeah. he's definitely someone we wanted to have as a friend. Yeah. So it wasn't like we just wanted to totally see you later. No. It was just we needed boundaries. And the thing was, my message to him wasn't a rejection. It no. was just a like a not now like yeah. I need time before I start dating yeah. so the fact that he then turns around and goes oh can I date your friend so mm. disrespectful yeah like that was so rude oh absolutely but anyway anyway take it from here Mads this is where it begins to get a bit interesting though so first a little bit of context at this moment in time Vic we haven't yet launched this podcast and so when we're in the midst of putting everything together mm-hmm. And this guy has a... A talent. A talent. That we could use. Yes. And so we asked him to help us out. So we have him over for a glass of wine last week to all get to know each other and talk about our vision and what we want to achieve. And I think I'm safe in saying we all had a really good time. Like you oh, enjoyed yourself, It was a you? lovely night. We all got on like a house on fire. Yeah. And so I walk him out. And the whole time, like, I'm getting butterflies in my tummy. Like, I really liked him. And the first thing that you said to me when I came back upstairs was, you should date Queenie. Yeah. You were like, he's perfect for you. Oh, so perfect for you. The whole night, everything he was saying, I was just like, yes, Mads. Mads, this is your guy. I And I'm not going to lie, like my mind, again, with the romanticising, my yeah. mind ran away with the idea of how well we would click together mm. and how we do have similar values and yeah. how we would really complement one another. Yeah. Anyway, the next day, you're cheering me on to just ask him out. And so I do, but he turns me down and says that he's busy and to ask him out another time. (laughs) But you know me, I was embarrassed and my poor little (laughs) ego was bruised. And so at this stage, I'm like, well, he likes you. And if he does, then like, cool, we'll all just remain friends because you're not interested Mm. and I'm not interested in someone who's not interested. Oh, absolutely. But for clarity's sake and for my own sanity, I just asked him outright. I was like... In all seriousness, though, if you're more interested in Vic and fair enough, if so, just let me know and I'll halt all advances because, wow, how mortifying and embarrassing that would be for me. Mm. And I was expecting either like, no, that's not the case or, yeah, I'm sorry, I think she's probably more my type, which (sighs) either of those responses, like, great, I would have been happy with either because I would have absolutely no ill feelings if he turned around and just said, that he liked you, that you were more his type because, 
We're both very different women. And if you're his type and I'm not, then that's not actually a hard pill to swallow. Mm. And you're bloody amazing. Can't blame the guy. But He's you're only bloody human. amazing. He's <laughs> only human. <laughs> but he didn't do that, did he, Vic? Oh, my God. I hate, I hate it all. What did he say, Mads? So he comes back and says this. As it currently stands, I'm interested in both of you fairly equally. Oh, my God. Now, I have so many problems with this so response. So many problems. And I honestly cannot wrap my head around how he thinks that this was an acceptable thing to say. It is so disrespectful because what he's doing is, one, pitting you, my best friend, as my competition after I've just worn my heart on my sleeve. Yeah. And then, two, trying to keep his options open even though you had already explicitly expressed that you mm-hmm. were not interested. What blatant disrespect to me and what blatant disregard of your boundaries. Mm, absolutely. And what does he expect to happen? Like we all keep hanging out and he, until he chooses one of us and then yeah. the other just doesn't mind <laughs> whatsoever. Oh, that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> the decision's been made. Yeah. You and I, we would never let a guy come between us. No, especially one that I'm not interested in. (laughs) That's in a world where you're even interested in the first place. Put us in a situation, like if we did like the same guy, we would just ditch the guy because no man is worth the wedge that that would ultimately drive between us. No, Neither of us wants to be the reason that the other is hurting. So it would just not ever be a situation we put ourselves in. Yeah, absolutely. So that then begs the question, how did he lack the critical thinking to deduct that if I am directly asking him out, it probably means, no, no, it absolutely means... That you're not interested and by trying to play to liking us both is just blatantly disrespectful and incredibly insulting. Yeah. What did he think? Did he think we were going to like compete for his love? Yeah. Like it was going to become like the Queenie Olympics. And it was like, <laughs> who performs the best? The Queenie Olympics. <laughs> Brilliant. So Mads, how did this whole experience affect you? I think the aspect of it all that hurt me the most was that I did start to doubt and question my Mm. worth. Like, I did start to wonder, like, why doesn't he like me? Like, what's wrong with me? Am I too opinionated? Am I not pretty enough or interesting enough or smart enough? I just can't stand to hear you thinking like this. And I'm ashamed and so angry to say that I started to compare myself to you, Mm. which I know is a natural response, But it's not something that we do. Yeah. And I want to feel happy when you're feeling happy and confident and body positive and beautiful. And for a few days there, like, I didn't feel happy. I just felt really awful about myself. Mm. And that's a stone's throw away from resentment. Yeah. So I hate that I was put in that position because your beauty, it never equates to a lack thereof in me. And I just, I got really, really sad and scared and angry at this guy for putting us in this situation. Um, And I was just not having a bar of it. Yeah. And you're so right. It is a natural reaction to feel that way. I have definitely felt like that during my life at different points. But it is just important to pull yourself up and be like, no, like, that's not right. I am beautiful. I am amazing. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with me. Yes. And I'm not going to lie. Like, this whole situation, it really rocked me. Mm. 
I think the thing that came out of it was that it was actually really illuminating because I hate that I gave someone the power to make me question my worth. I think when you are so secure in your core identity and you know who you are with conviction, nobody, no amount of words or amount of energy can throw you off course or take that away from you. And so this whole situation revealed to me that I've been neglecting myself and starving myself of that same love and affection and validation that I was seeking in others and in him, you know? And that's not to say my feelings weren't valid. Like they definitely were and they were normal and so human. But I'm just so grateful that now as an adult, I am equipped with the skills Mm. and emotional intelligence and self-awareness to recognize what was happening because put teenage me in a situation like this Vic and our friendship without a doubt would have imploded oh absolutely if this had happened to me as a teenager the other girl would have become my worst enemy yeah Yeah. I literally that happened to me when I was in primary school it Mm. happened I lost friends over guys because they did play this whole it's you against her game and I took the bait and I fell into that trap yeah well it's kind of like fight it out girls yeah (laughs) literally (laughs) good luck it's awful you know that whole seeking validation from a man competing with another woman placing Mm. a romantic relationship as the utmost priority and ultimate prize they were all toxic values that I'd adopted from shows like Gossip Girl and One Tree Hill and countless others and toxic values that I have spent years unlearning. Mm, Absolutely. It also really like shook me a little bit too I guess. He put me in a position that made me feel so guilty and so awful and like the cause of your pain When, in fact, I hadn't done a damn thing. No. He had created this whole situation that pitted us against each other and just made me feel so shit that I was breaking your heart when it had nothing to do with me. Yeah, you literally did nothing. It was all on him because you'd already laid out all of your boundaries. You'd already told him exactly how you felt and that it wasn't going to happen. And then he turns around and acts as if he still got a shot and what it did was it made me feel as though he was just waiting for you to change your mind he was keeping his options open absolutely well when we met in person one of the first things he said to me was something along the lines of I'll change your mind and that's just so disrespectful like when somebody has laid down the law and said, no, I'm not interested because no means no no means no (laughs) You can't change our minds. If we are telling you we're not interested, don't push. Yeah, that's right. Don't persist. Like, we've told you, we've laid it out right there for you to see. Back off. Yeah, that's right. If I wanted him, he would know. Yeah, I'm not playing games. I'm not like, oh, win my affection, change my mind. Absolutely. I do, however, feel a little bit like a hypocrite. Okay, (laughs) let's hear it out. (laughs) I have a confession. I have been in a situation where I have been the queenie. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Where I was having a casual relationship with this guy when I was 19 and it was lots of fun. We were having a great time. And then one night he took another girl home and I was like, pissed off because I was the audacity well I was just like I wanted mine (laughs) come on man and so I revenge slept with his best friend oh man I would never do something like that now obviously I have grown and evolved as a person but I would be a hypocrite to sit on the end of this mic and tell this story and then not confess to my own sins (laughs) Uh, have you ever been the wedge fig oh 
<laughs> I have a story. Oh, yes. Um, not exactly in the same way, but kind of along the same lines. Um, so when I lived back in Townsville, I was seeing this guy very casually and he was just bloody gorgeous, like so, so handsome. Anyway, it went on for like a few weeks and then one night I'm out and I kind of hook up with this other guy. Think nothing of it, life goes on. A few weeks later, I see them out together and I realise they're, they're besties. They're, so there's like four of them in one friendship group and they're right. all besties. On this night that I see them together, they're also out with their other friend. <laughs> and this other friend is like really, really trying it on with me. Nothing happens, but he really, he went for it. A couple of months later, I'm sending out some thirst traps on my Snapchat. You know, yeah. you got to do what you got to do. <laughs> And I send them to the original guy. Two minutes later, I get a reply. And it's a selfie of the three of them. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And the caption says, been there, done that, times three. Oh, my God. I died. I died. How do you come back from that? You don't. You crawl in a hole and disappear. I deleted the Snapchat. I had to. Oh, my gosh. That is hilarious. That's my favourite story. Mm. I think we've all been a queenie at one stage or another. I think. But we learn and we grow. We do learn. I guess it was not a situation that I thought I would be put in as an adult. That's what Mm. made me so angry about it. Yeah. Tell me, Vic, what has not been the love of your life this week? Well, unfortunately, flowers have not been the love of my life this week. It is peony season at the moment, the best season. Best time of the year. Anyone who buys flowers knows that peonies are quite expensive. It was a $45 bunch of flowers. There was about six peonies in there and they lasted a day. No. They died the next day because it was so hot and it broke my heart. What was not the love of your life, Mads? Well, the other night I was heating up my dinner and I took it to the couch to eat and I spilled a little piece of really, really hot carrot on my boob and it burnt me. It scalded me. I blistered. It peeled off. I have like a literal second degree burn and it's scarred so badly. Um, you have really a boob hurt. burn. I have a boob burn. It hurts. It's not the love of my life. It's not a good look. Mads, I think it's time for a bloody wine. What do you reckon? I think it definitely is. And we will see you all next week for another episode of Love of My Life. Hey, Mads, love you. Love you. Bye. Bye. This episode of Love of My Life was made possible by So Perth and Liberty.